What's up, Revolution? What's up? What's up? How are you guys doing? Real quick, where's, where's my costume contest winner at? Give me that dab again real quick. Oh, man. Hey, give it up for him. That was awesome. Creativity. I love it. I love it. So who in here is ready for week two of the Blood Series? Good enough. Good enough. What's that? No, no, no. That was blood. That was blood. That was not fruit punch. I'm serious. It was blood. Um, so last week, Brad talked to us and spoke to us about uh, blood and how sacrifice equals love. So this week, I want to dive in a little bit deeper on, uh, on what he meant by sacrifice equals love. But first, I'm going to tell you a story real quick. Now, this is a story from when I was a kid. I was probably a little bit younger than you guys. I was in elementary school, maybe third or fourth grade. And I was at my dad's house, and it was a beautiful day. Everyone was outside playing but me, and I was making my way to go outside. And as I'm going out the door, dad stops me. Whoa, where are you going? Where's your shoes at? You got to put your shoes on before you go outside. I was just in my socks. So whatever my third or fourth grade mind was, was telling me, there was some reason I didn't just go put on shoes and head outside. I tried to sneak out again. I tried to wait till he wasn't looking and sneak out in my socks. Just had to put shoes on. That was the easiest thing I had to do. I had one thing and just put shoes on. So I try to make an escape again, and he catches me. Whoa, hey, hey, just put some shoes on. They, just go get some shoes, and you can go outside. Okay, okay, okay. So I walk out, and then he goes and does something else, and, um, you know, I've got the clearing. Door's right there. He's nowhere to be seen. Boom. Gone outside in my socks. So I'm outside. I'm playing. Free. Beautiful day. Probably throwing a football or something like that and um, enjoying my time in my socks. Like I said, I don't, I don't know why. I just wanted to be in my socks. Anyways, all of a sudden, Dad is standing on the porch, looks at me and does this number right here. Some of you might recognize this. Look, he goes. He does something else along with that that's never good. My middle name's Jordan, by the way. If there's any Jordans here, my middle name's Jordan. He goes, Tyler Jordan. Doesn't even say my last name. Tyler Jordan. Ah. So I act like maybe, you know, I'm, I'm acting like I don't see him, but you can't, you know, he's loud. He's, it's, I've got to go over to him. So people in the background still playing, stepbrother, sister still playing in the yard, and I, I walk over there and look up at him and by this time, as I've made my way over there, you can feel the presence of there's something going on. So, of course, brothers and sisters made their way into the peanut gallery. He says, where's your, uh, where's your shoes at? Where, where's your shoes at? Weren't you supposed to put on shoes before you went outside? I uh, says, take your socks off. So, okay, I'm thinking, all right, I, he's going to take my socks off, play with my bare feet going to wash them. It's all going to be good. Socks washed, going outside to play again. He says, now ball them up. And they were, I mean, they were probably pretty dirty. Um, you know, it was grass, probably had some grass stains on them, some dirt. 
He says, um, you know, I, I got to punish you for this. Uh, can't, be, can't be going against what I say. I was, you just got to put some shoes on. So you got to put the socks in your mouth. So I start to contemplate, okay, my brothers and sisters are back here. I can run in such a way past them that I can run and hit the woods, live in the woods. No one will ever see me again. No socks in my mouth, living off the land. But I notice on the socks, there's a clean spot. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Just accept my punishment. I did wrong here. So I take the socks and I try to... all sad-like on the little clean spot. And of course, he doesn't make me keep them in my mouth longer. You know, he's take them out, you know, go play, whatever. It was embarrassing. I remember that still today because of one little thing that I could have easily have just done. I could have easily have put shoes on and went outside. But I decided to do my own thing. Um, Dad made me put socks in my mouth because he loved me. I mean, we're still today talking about that. I learned my lesson. He didn't want to just make a spectacle of me, but he had to punish me for me completely doing my own thing. So, I mean, in that case, I sacrificed a little bit of my pride. I, I sacrificed, you know, uh, socks, my mouth, and, uh, but he loved me. We can, we can laugh about it today. We still tell the story, and uh, that's why I'm telling it today, because it made an impression. But first, I want to, or as we go into the lesson, I want to go to Genesis chapter 22. So, if you have a Bible... Turn with me to Genesis chapter 22. If you don't, if you just have your phone, just keep it down. We got some verses for you on the screen. But if you have a Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 22. Now, Genesis is the very front of the Bible. So as soon as you open the Bible, there's Genesis. Now, Genesis is in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. See, the New Testament is when Jesus is walking on the earth, when Jesus was born and when he had his ministry, and when he died in his resurrection. That's the New Testament. But this is before Jesus is on the earth. This is the Old Testament. So back in the Old Testament, to be able to be in right standings with God, our sins had to be cleansed through what we would call a sacrifice. And a sacrifice is where you would take an animal, and you would sacrifice that animal over a burnt altar to make your sins right with God. See, later, that's what Jesus did. When Jesus died on the cross, that's what he did for us. He put us in right standings with God. But this is the Old Testament, so it was done a little bit different. So Genesis chapter 22, we meet a guy named Abraham. If we read back, we can find out that Abraham was a man of God. He had been tested. He had been, this guy lived up to everything God called him to be. Abraham and his wife had a son, and they were older at the time. So I'm sure Isaac probably got spoiled. But Isaac was this promised son that God said would be his, would be Abraham's son. This would be your son. Abraham was so proud of Isaac. So with us knowing that Abraham has a son, his name's Isaac, and he's proud of that son. He loves that son. God gave him that son. That was a promised son. Chapter 22, the story changes a little bit. God calls out to Abraham, 
He says, Abraham, here I am. He replied. Then God said, verse 2, God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him as a burnt offering on the mountain. I will show you. So we see God's calling out to Abraham. He's like, hey, Abraham, I know you love your son, but you got to sacrifice him. Now, most of us would probably respond as, oh, God, I can't do that. That's, that's too much. Come on. Are you serious? We can't do that. But Abraham immediately starts through verse 6. Abraham takes the wood for the burnt offering and places it on his son Isaac, and he himself carries the fire and knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the offering? So Isaac at this moment is like, we got the, we got the wood, we got the fire, got it all, but that, that lamb, where's the lamb at? Where's the, where's the lamb that we're going to sacrifice? Verse 8, we see Abraham says, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. So Abraham knows who the lamb is in this case. But I feel like that Abraham still is hoping that God's going to come through. God's going to provide. But at the moment, the lamb's going to be Isaac. As we read on in verse 9, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached, verse 10, then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. So at this moment, Isaac's probably like, I, I guess I'm the lamb. I, I guess that's the lamb. That's me. But I, Abraham is about to do exactly as God had told him to and about to sacrifice his son. But then all of a sudden, an angel calls out to Abraham and says, Stop, don't touch the boy. Don't touch him. Then Abraham notices in the distance a ram stuck in the bushes. Now, we don't get a clear account for his emotions at this time, but I'm sure it was pretty tense. And all of a sudden, God provided a ram instead of Isaac. But Abraham, he passed the test. He did as God has called him to. And because he did that, a ram that probably wasn't there before, that God had placed there, was provided for Abraham to sacrifice instead of Isaac. Abraham obeyed exactly as God had said, so God provided. God, Abraham didn't withhold anything. He was about to give it all. He was about to give his son. But God stepped in and said, no, you've obeyed me. There's, there's a ram over there. Grab the ram, and they sacrificed that. So the angel calls out to Abraham a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this, 
and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand and the seashore. Your descendants will take possessions of cities and their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. That's us. Those descendants, that's you. That's me. That descendant was Jesus. Because of this one little act of immediate obedience, that's us. That promise of those descendants, we're here. We're in this room. We're all over because of this, because of this one act of obedience. Why did God command Abraham to sacrifice his son? Why, why, would, why, would, why would he do that? Why would God do that? Abraham had been tested, and he walked with God for many times, but this one, this one was different. This one was really close to Abraham's heart. This is the one that was going to find out who held Abraham's heart, the promised son or the promiser, God, the one who gave him the son. Can you imagine? Can you imagine sacrificing something that you held so close to you? Something you'd waited for for a long time. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not a person. Maybe it's, you know, just something that was promised to you. Something that's really important to you. Can you imagine losing that because God had told you to? See, that's where Abraham is. How did Abraham respond? With obedience the first time. See, unlike me, in my story, where I'm walking out the door trying to slip past my dad, unlike me trying to do my own thing and trying to slip through, Abraham responded right away. With obedience. See, God uses Abraham's faith to teach us what a faith is like that's required to follow him. That's big, that's that's a lot of faith. Abraham had a lot of faith. Do we believe that do we believe that if we as people were to just let God handle some of our situations? Do we believe that if, if we were just to put it in God's hands and obey his commands, maybe even obey our parents, which is also one of his commands, do we believe that God had something better in store than anything that we could provide? See, it took both God and Abraham, there was a sacrifice, both of them. There was a sacrifice for both of them. But it took love. Like we said, sacrifice equals love. And it was going to take blood, which equals life. So as I close, as we wrap it up, I just want to challenge us. I want to challenge us as a group of 
followers of, of Jesus, as a group of Christians, as we go out and we go into our small groups, what might God be calling us to? What might he be calling us to sacrifice? It might not be a person. It's definitely probably not a person. But it might be your time. It might be sacrifice a little bit of time of your day for God's glory or, or to share with a friend or to sit down with someone. Maybe it's sacrificing a little bit of pride. Maybe to go to a brother or sister or a friend and, and make up. And You know, that's, that's big faith. Abraham sets the bar high. But what if we were just to have the faith just of a mustard seed, as God said, just a little bit of faith that God would provide and he would come up with something better than we could. Real quick, I want to pray for us. I want to pray to challenge us to, for God to use us that as we start to watch God provide, as we start to let him take our prou proudest possessions, take our proudest things, and the, the proudest things that we own. Let us do it with a faith like Abraham have, had, knowing that, that he would provide. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you give us, everything you do for us. God, I ask that as we go to small groups, that we would reflect on, on this, this faith that Abraham had and, and you included it, in, you included it in, in your word. It's important to you. It should be important to us. And we should use this as a model of what faith should be like in, in, in you. God, I thank you for everything that you've done. I ask that we continue tonight in our small groups and worship in you with everything we do. In your name we pray. Amen.